all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. This is Joseph Brownlee. Welcome to today's show on Real Talk. I'm going to piggyback. I'm going to continue off the last podcast that I have made for the ones that's just that has been listening and these are for the newbies that's tuning in you can catch up you can find out what is what's going on in my previous podcast before this one what i'm getting into i left off on uh talking about why does it bother me so much when a person a man and woman of God, woman of God that's close to you, very close to you, does not seem to have that same passion or even say love for the knowledge of the truth. They are already saved, but they just don't have that passion of the knowledge of the truth like yourself that does have that passion, that knows how to rightly divide the word of God now. And I talked about that in different things like that. You really have a hunger of teaching someone the knowledge of the truth. You, you, you are saved. You know how to be saved now, even though it's still a gray area, but you do know how to be saved now. But the knowledge of the truth part in 2 Timothy 2 and 4 is what's, what the, a lot of believers, Christians, newbies and ones that have been saved for a while have a problem with. Because that's when they get attacked. That's when the confusion becomes because of churchism and stuff like that, started by the enemy. The knowledge of the truth gets so confusing then, especially from denominational churches. Okay. Uh, What must a person do about that? What must a person do about that when they can't get nobody to uh, have that passion like you? I didn't come to conclusion to the conclusion myself. It's nothing I can do. That's up to the Holy Spirit. They ha- if they don't, if they're not going to listen to the Holy Spirit, they're not going to listen to you and I. And I don't mean that in a down, uh, uh, putting them down or nothing like that. I just mean that's just the way it is. If someone close to you, and that's all I'm talking about now, someone, a loved one close to you, it could be mom, dad, sisters, or brother, uh, fiance, uh, wife, or whatever. If they're not grasping it now, what do I'm not saying they, they are resisting it because they want to. And I'm getting to that later on. What can be the other issue as well that plays a big part as well? Don't push it. You don't push it. OK, because remember, they are sealed with the Holy Spirit as well. You can't make the Holy Spirit make them do nothing. They are sealed with the Holy Spirit as well if they are believers. So I'm talking to believers, talking about believers, not the unsaved. Because the unsaved have to be saved first before they can be spiritually alive to understand the knowledge of the truth. So I want to get that out there. I'm talking to believers. I'm talking to the saved. Just don't push it. Just do not force it. Okay. And I experienced that and stuff like that. But what what must you do 
when a person just don't have that passion, you know, like you do. They have to grow in it, and they might just go to heaven not knowing a lot about the Word of God. And that's something you and I have to live with because we're under grace. And that's what we, so we have to learn to have grace and patience, you know, as well. They're saved, and it's going to be, they might have another way of learning that you and I don't know about. That has that passion and, you know, doing podcasts or evangelism or stuff like that. Don't let that bother you because they don't have that same type of hunger. It might be another way that they can get things out there. That is so true. Okay. But what must we do about them when we have such a passion and we don't get that from everybody else? And then God might be pleased with what they're doing. But sometimes we, we want them to be like us and we have that passion for them to just grow like us. Okay. Uh... I lost my thought right there. <laughs> I believe, first of all, with me, don't slow down what you are doing. What I do, I still send information out there. Whether they read it or whatever, a lot. I still send it out there. Maybe later on down the line by the uh, the Holy Spirit's leading, they'll start reading the stuff that I sent out there and start, you know, whatever like that. Of course, we have to apply it, but you got to start by reading it and studying it and stuff like that. So I have to leave that. You and I have to leave that for, to the Holy Spirit. We can't stop putting people down and calling them names and talking about they'll never grow or whatever like that. No, just, just keep putting it out there. Now, it is a time and place when you have to just start rebuking and just telling a fellow believer what they must start doing. That's, and then Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And if you listen to Paul's ministry and even Jesus' earthly ministry, you notice when Paul, it came to a time where Paul had to just tell them, okay, now it's, start, it's, it's time to stop drinking only milk. It's time to start eating milk meat. It's time to start growing. So does God expect us to grow? Yes, he wants us to grow. And it is a time when you have to approach a certain person in that way. You out of love because you don't want them just sitting there all the time and just waiting for waiting for the rapture. We have a work to do here on earth while we're here and just Learning something and just sitting doormat on it is no good. It's not helping the fellow man because the gospel and the salvation is not only for us as believers. It's for us to go out there as ambassadors and tell the people about the reconciliation. They have an opportunity of being back to God because he reconciled himself already back to them. And then we explain in 2 Corinthians 5 and 19 about God is not imputing trespasses against them. That ha that's how the church today is supposed to witness to the world as ambassadors. We're not part of the Great Commission like Israel to go out to the world. We go out to our neighborhoods and family members and stuff like that. The Great Commission in the early church, well, all of them is early church, but you know what I mean? Under the kingdom program, the 12, they was told to go out into the world, which they never made it. That's going to happen in the future, you know, with the, the 144,000 and stuff like that, virgin witnesses of Israel, 12 tribes of Israel. But we as ambassadors under the dispensation of grace, we are called to tell people about reconciliation and a fellowship of the mystery later on down the line. Reconcile them 
back to God first and then teach them about the fellowship of the mystery. That's the order that we supposed to be helping people with. Salvation, bring them to the knowledge of the truth and explaining the fellowship of the mystery, etc. and stuff like that. That's the order. That's what believers over 2,000 years under the grace program supposed to be witnessing the people. You understand that? Okay. So it, it, it just bothers me sometimes when someone close to you don't have that passion and you want them to have it so much because sooner or later they're going to talk about their faith and somebody going to keep questioning them and why you believe this or I believe that way and then a lot of believers get led astray when they hear so many different beliefs and doctrines even from some fellow believers and they lose what you have told them or they mix it together and I know I notice that happens a traditional way of belief is hard to get rid of. It's, a, it's like trying to stop drugs or drinking alcohol or any other type of addiction that other addiction that you struggle with. You just can't take it off and it's gone. It's possible, yes, and it's doable, yes, with the help of the Holy Spirit. But the majority of the Christians just obey the flesh and what do they do the Holy Spirit. That's that's just reality. See? You understand what I'm saying? So that's what I teach, what I do. And I know a lot of times I'm not ignorant of knowing the majority of the people that do listen to me never heard a lot of things that I teach or I, 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 the way I teach the Bible or the way I interpret it. And they wonder why do I talk about Paul so much. Some to the point probably uh, accuse me or even other grace teachers of putting Paul over Jesus, which is further for the truth. What Paul teaches is from Jesus. What Paul's knowledge and wisdom comes from Jesus. This is what Jesus is teaching Paul in all his 13 letters. But the majority of the churches are blind in that. They don't know the fellowship. They don't know the doctrine of the fellowship or the mystery, which they're supposed to be on and what they're supposed to be teaching in a church. And most of them never will. They will go to heaven, but they never will. They will be. They will get a lack of rewards, some even hay and stubble. But they will be salvation. They will be saved at the abema seat, the judgment seat of Christ. But their rewards will be very low. Some will. Because of error in their teaching and refusing to learn sound doctrine and how to rightly divide or just completely refusing the teachings of Paul. And if you have believers that's refusing it, well, it's hard to say if they are believers if they don't believe in Paul's gospel anyway. So it's a slippery slope on that. If they don't believe Paul's teachings, let me put it this way to make it more clear. They might believe a lot of Paul's teachings, even the way of salvation, but they still put him in the back seat compared to the four Gospels. So they, they, they teach the, uh, the earthly ministry of the uh, Jesus' earthly ministry or the uh, apostles or early acts over the teachings of Paul, or they put it all together. See, that's what I'm trying to stop with people close to me. I put things out there and whatever like that. I, I, I get out there and I teach what I teach at 
and I and it's hard to ignore the way I feel sometimes, and you can feel alone. But the Holy Spirit that's within me, great is He that is in me, that He that is in the world. The Holy Spirit that's in me, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. The Holy Spirit that's in me will not let me stop. The flesh wants to, but the Spirit in me will not stop. I have a duty. I have a duty. To preach and teach, mainly teach God's word the best way I can, even through my mistakes, keep on going. But don't never beat somebody up a head up the side of the head with the word of God or try to push them, especially a loved one, because the majority of the time you're gonna run away. But at the same time, you just some people you have to get in their face, believers, and let them know it's time to grow up now. It's time to pull up your straps. It's time to buckle up your pants and start letting them sag. It's time to walk like a man and woman of God and learn the knowledge of the truth. It's time to get out of tradition. You've been there 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Or, you know, I was finna say to that. I can't say to this because you gotta let a young believer grow. And I think uh, the word of God, Paul talks about that. Uh, don't be so hard. Because you have certain ones that still believe a certain way that's young in the faith. But when you've been 10, 20, 30 years, those are ones you just got to say, okay, it's time to stop. You should be teachers now. I think Paul mentioned something like that. You should be teachers now. Ain't no way you should be uh, sitting back and still trying to learn. We're going to be forever learning. Don't get me wrong, but you're asking the same questions. You're asking the same questions. That means you're still a baby. Most of the time, you're still a baby in Christ. You're still walking in unbelief. And a lot of that has to do with because of traditional blockage. Okay? I wanted to get that out there, okay? So that's something I, I wanted to get off my chest, off my heart. And sometimes I like to just let my listeners know, you know, what's going on with me and what I'm thinking and everything like that. You know, I don't have to. And it's no emergency for me to do that. But... You know, I just like I like to talk about what's in my heart sometimes and whatever like that, because when you when you I'm going to leave you with this. When you learn how to rightly divide God's word the correct way, prepare to be feel lonely the majority of the time. You're not alone, but you're going to feel lonely the majority of the time, because to the majority of the believers, I'm not talking about churchgoers. I'm talking to the majority of believers and churches, churchism, the four wall denominational churches is going to sound foreign to them. And some of them go believe you, you, you got a, you didn't got aluminum foil on your head now, or you into conspiracy or an occult type of teach because they never heard it before. So be prepared for that, you know, and it's going to start feeling a little bit uncomfortable in your church because you're going to spot out error very quickly in your pastors and certain ministers teaching just think about that god bless you all i love y'all this is joseph brownlee body of christ real talk until the next show remember you don't have to be saved first to be forgiven you have already been forgiven now a way have been paid for you to be saved god bless you bye-bye we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. 
It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.